As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner and we're waiting for you. It's me and Denise and Paul. Hi guys. Hi Rick. Where is Joel Renner? Oh, he's working. He is so focused. I'm telling you, Joel is so diligent. I'm so proud of him. And where is Mr. Philip? He's in America. He's ministering. I'm proud of all of our kids. And Paul, we're so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad I get to be here. I haven't been on Home Group for a while and it's nice to be with you guys here this week. Well, what's in your lap? I've got books. Imagine that. Books by Rick Renner. And this is all about how to keep your head on straight in a world gone crazy. Now, of course, this is the book. This is the big one, and this is what you need. This is the one that will really help you, I believe, in reading. It's difficult for me to read. It takes more time than it does for most people, but I believe Why? in reading. Why is it difficult for me to read? Can I tell them? Yes, of course. Because you grew up not knowing which language you were supposed to read. I went to 11 different schools before I actually finished 12th grade. In three languages? Yes. So <laughs> uh, reading for me does not come as easy as it does for some people, but I believe in reading. So if you want the real stuff, this is what you need to get. And of course, you can get it at renner.org. Now, if you'd like to watch the movie instead of reading the book, this is what you need. It's not a movie, it's a teaching series. <laughs> I know it's a teaching series, but you get the idea. Some people don't read the book, some people watch the movie. This is what you need. Hey, let me see that book for a minute. Okay, here you go. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the teaching series, it's just as good as the book, but there's more in the book. And this is the short version, and the short version study guide is over 100 pages, 110 pages. Now, that's not very short. For some people, this would also be a big read, but if you wanna get the meat of it, and of course, if you wanna use it for your own study, if you wanna use it for a home group, or if you wanna use it for a Bible study group, this is definitely what you need because it's so easy to follow. I wanna say something. And you can get this one for free. Okay, this is a substantial book. If all you do is read the first 92 pages, it will change your life. Yes. I want you to read the whole book. If you'll only read the first 92 pages, you will say, ay, 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 I had no idea. It's just like a good dose of sobriety. Get this book. But I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Okay. All right, we're talking about the difference between older and younger, and I'm saying older are very needed. Younger people make mistakes. So do older people. Older people do too. But when you're young, you don't have the breadth of life. You don't have the breadth of experience. You just don't. You just don't. Here's a great example from the Bible about Solomon's son. When Solomon's son was installed into position, he listened to the older people who really said, hey, you need to tone it down. You need to treat these people right. Quit being so austere. And he spoke to the younger people who had no experience and didn't understand. They said, lay on them, be harder. You know what? It just destroyed his work. He should have listened to the older people. Well, when you come to Ephesians chapter 1, you find that one reason people were making such a mistake with truth Ephesians chapter I'm, I mean, First uh, Timothy chapter okay. 1. They were making such a mistake with truth is because they weren't established. They didn't have enough experience in 
in truth to be able to teach it. This is one reason why Bible education is important. I really believe every pastor and every person who preaches needs to have some form of education. Is it essential? No, it's not. The anointing is essential. But in addition to the anointing, it's good to have some brains. God's given us a mind. We don't just stand up and just open our mouth and truth come out. You have to analyze the scripture, study the scripture, take it apart, put it together. Then you've got to interpret it and say it in your own words. You need to have a handle on the scripture. You know, the man who trained me for ministry, his name was Dr. Bill Bennett. He was brilliant. I loved that man. And he made me study. Oh, he would just make me angry sometimes. He was such a disciplinary, but he, it was good for me. And he said, Rick, he said, surgeons go to four years of school. Then they go to four or five years of medical school. Then after that, they have their internship. All of that to hold a scalpel and to operate on the physical body. He said, our job is to operate on the souls of men, which is eternal. Why do we think doctors should be so educated for something very temporary, but we who are dealing with eternal matters don't need any education? And he was right. We need to use our minds, bend our brains, make ourselves come to grips with the scriptures. It's good for us. But when you come to 1 Timothy 1, verse 7, Paul says, the problem with people who make mistakes is as follows. They desire to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. And you know, when Paul begins writing this verse, he really gives the benefit of a doubt to the people that are making mistakes. The word desiring is a translation of the word fellow. It means to earnestly desire, to long for, and the tense depicts an earnest, ongoing desire. They really have desire to preach the word. Even Paul acknowledged, hey, so he, he gives us an A for effort. Desire, the desire is good. But the problem is, they're designed to be teachers of the law. And guess what that is in Greek? It's a compound of the word nomos and didaskalos. It is scripture lawyers. They're wanting to be scripture lawyers. And in fact, it really means one that has a masterful grip on the scripture. The word nomos describes rules, principles, or the unchanging, unbendable rule of faith. The word didaskalos is the word for a masterful teacher. So together it's a masterful scriptural law. You're someone scholarly in interpreting the Bible. That's what they want to be. That's what they want to sound like. But the problem is neither understanding what they say nor whereof they affirm. Hmm. The word understanding is the Greek word nous. Huh, guess what the word nous is? It's the word for the mind, the brain. It describes the ability to think, to reason, to understand, to comprehend, to discern. Their mind has not been disciplined in the scripture. And the Bible says, understanding not what they affirm, what they're alleging to be true. And I want to give you an example. Many years ago, in the, in the church at large, there was a theme that people kept preaching over and over and over, that God is raising up the Joshua generation, the Joshua generation. I heard it everywhere I went. Joshua generation, Joshua generation, Joshua generation. Well, one day I was listening to a very gifted speaker, very charismatic, very dramatic. He knew how to build a crowd. 
He said, oh, I'm tired of hearing about the Joshua generation. He said, God is calling the church to be the Nimrod generation. I remember thinking, what? <laughs> he said, the Bible says Nimrod was a mighty warrior before the Lord. We're called to be the Nimrod generation. That's a real classic example of somebody not understanding what they're saying or what they're affirming. Just no comprehension. When the Bible says Nimrod was a mighty warrior, it describes a giant, something monstrous, a horrible, atrocious beast before the Lord is really what the Hebrew says. But he just affirmed it. He preached it. Oh my gosh, he preached it so strong. I almost yelled hallelujah. And it was totally wrong. He just didn't have enough foundation to understand what he was alleging and what he was affirming. You have to have something in your brain. You have to have more than what's in your spirit. You have to have both. You have to have both. We're told in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That word workman is the word for a farmer that is plowing the field. In order to get truth out of the word of God, you've got to be able to plow the plumb the depths of it to get it out. We have to be a workman in the word of God. Anyway, so this is why people make mistakes. It's not because they lack desire. Even Paul says they have desire. The problem is not desire. The problem is they have desire, but their head doesn't have what it needs. Praise God for desire. And I'm not saying you have to be older to be used. I'm not saying that. But you have to have something in you. Denise? Well, Jesus said something about the mind. He said to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. He did. And all your strength. That's right. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. Picking up on the same thought. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. It's again futuristically pointing to the end of the age. A time shall come when they will not endure sound doctrine. The word endure here is a Greek word which means to tolerate or put up with. This is people who say, oh, I don't want to hear doctrine. I don't want to hear that. You hear the people say that all the time today. Ah, oh, doctrine, we don't want to hear. Of course you need doctrine. Of course you do. Of course you do. You know, when I was growing up, I liked to eat greasy food. I liked to eat all kinds of stuff, but you know what? Broccoli is really important. Eating good foods really important. You eat what you need to grow and to be nourished. And we need to have good teaching. The word doctrine just means teaching. I don't think it means something denominational. It just means good, solid teaching. Then it says, after their own lusts, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Shall heap in Greek literally means piles on top of piles. They shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Well, I used to read this in the Greek, and I thought it meant the teachers themselves had itching ears. wonder why the teachers have itching ears. It's talking about the people. The people have itching ears. Tell us something different. That's not what we want to hear. Tell us what we, tell us what we want to hear. And they pile to themselves teachers who are going to tell them what they want to hear. That's really what it means. What we want to hear is not usually what we need to hear. I can't think of many moments when God has told me what I wanted to hear. 
but I'm sure thankful he tells me what I need to hear. Aren't you glad too, Denise? Very glad. Wow. Then it goes on and it says, they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. I really like this example that I'm about to give you. Fables describes fairy tales. In the pre-Soviet world, before communism came, there were masterful, masterful artists who paint religious icons. Their work was just museum-like, just amazing. But then when communism came, that fell out of fashion. That truth was no longer fashionable. So the same men who painted theological icons turned and used the same skill and they began to paint Pushkin fairy tales. They literally turned from the truth, literally, unto fables. The same God-given talent. I mean, when you see these black lacquered boxes and things that they painted with fairy tales, it is just breathtaking. It is so beautiful. It's the very same hands that once painted truth. But then they begin to use it because it was no longer popular to paint truth, to paint fables. And the Bible here is teaching at the end of the age, there will be a tendency for people to stop painting truth the way that they once did. Now listen to this. I'm talking about preachers and teachers given gifts by God to be fabulous teachers and expositors of the scripture, but because the times change and the trends change, they stop that and they use the same gifts that God gave them to influence people differently in a wrong way. What a distortion and a perversion of a God-given gift. Paul says it's going to happen at the end of the age. He was declaring that demon spirits are going to try to operate in society and they're going to also try to come inside the church, lure people away from the truth and begin to teach things that are a replacement of truth, a truth replacement. Paul Renner, you're a young preacher. You stick with the Bible. Yes, sir. You st- and don't just do it because I'm your daddy. That's the truth. I always say in every one of my TV programs, Ecclesiastes 8.4, it says, Where the word of the king is, there is power. There is power. The power is in the word of God. It's in nothing else. And also, the teachers will be judged more strictly. Oh, that's exactly what it says. That is so a warning. In fact, let's turn there. Go to James chapter 3 and verse 1. That's, that's worth turning to. Thanks for bringing that up, Denise. You're welcome. The word teacher is the Greek word didaskalos. It could be translated master. It's anybody making a boast that they're called to be a public communicator of truth. What verse? Chapter 3, verse 1, my brethren. Oh. He says, be not many masters. Yeah. Be not. It's a warning. Don't lay claim to this too fast. Because anyone who claims to be a five-fold ministry gift teacher, this verse says, will receive the greater condemnation. Well, what does that mean? Well, the word condemnation is the word crima. The word crima, it's a bad translation, condemnation. The word crima was used to describe a judicial investigation brought into a court of law where all the evidence is examined and scrutinized, so a rendering can be made, a sentence can be issued. 
And what this verse is really teaching is if you claim to be a five-fold ministry teacher, a master of Scripture, then you need to understand God is going to look at you different than somebody else. Crima. God will do a judicial investigation to watch what you're saying, every nuance of what you're saying. He's going to fully examine it, and then God himself will issue the crime. He will issue the sentence. And this verse actually says anybody who claims to be a teacher will come under a more severe scrutinizing by God. It really puts great responsibility on anybody who preaches or teaches. This is not about us. It's not about building a mailing list. It's not about being popular. It's not about selling books. It's not about any of that. It's about speaking in a way that's going to satisfy God, who is the number one listener we need to be concerned with. Paul? Amen. I'm just enjoying what you're saying. Denise? Hi. I often think of this verse when I hear somebody teaching something that's just so against Scripture. And I'll even say to Rick, I'll say, Rick, this is so scary to me. What, what's going to happen to them? Because the, you know, the Bible says we're sheep. So a teacher who stands up and says, I'm going to proclaim the truth and it's not truth or it's mixed with error. He is standing in a place of influence and he's influencing those sheep and those sheep are going to say and they're going to receive what's being said. And you know what else, Denise? If you look at that, it's talking about those that teach a master, somebody who claims to have revelation, a grip on scripture. It says those who teach will be more scrutinized You know what's really amazing? I challenge you and I challenge you. You will not find another place anywhere in the New Testament where that statement is made about apostles Mm. or prophets or evangelists or pastors. It's only teachers. Wow. That's the only statement like that made and it's to those who teach. Because when you teach, you're purporting to have a handle on the truth. You're a truth dispenser and you are influencing your listeners. And so as a truth dispenser with influence, you're going to be held to a greater judgment. I think about it every single time I sit down to do a TV program, when I sit on home group, I'm always thinking, I'm telling you, I tell Denise all the time, it is not important what you say. It is important what people hear. We have to think about every nuance. There's nothing with greater ramifications than somebody who says he is a truth dispenser. And boy, if you're going to claim to teach, you better, you better know what you're doing. And this leads us back to where we started. Age helps. Mm-hmm. Age is not the answer for everything. But the older you get, guess what? You make mistakes. When I go back and listen to some of the things I taught when I was younger, oh my gosh, I get so embarrassed I want to hide under the bed. I can't believe some of the things I said. And the attitude, sometimes I was so arrogant when I was young. I think that kind of goes with youth sometimes. But when you get older and you realize you're not always right and you need to be careful what you say, your words kind of, they begin to mean more. They begin to mean more. Well, and it becomes more, well, you're more, you understand more that you're responsible before God for your words. Mm-hmm. And you're responsible for what you are influencing people to think about, Mm -hmm. to believe. 
And you are influencing them. And you're also a little closer to eternity. Well, that's true, you know, when too. You, when you're young, you think you have a long time to get it right. But when you're old, you realize, you know, it's time to, it's time to have it right. It's, it's time to do this right. Because yeah. very soon I'm going I'm to see Jesus. Well, I think and it helps. Well, yes, and you start realizing this is not about me. This is about standing before God one day. I'm going to stand before him one day. Mm. And he's going to look at me. And he's, he's going to uh, give a commendation or, or a judgment. Or a judgment. There's a crown to be gained. There's an incorruptible, imperishable crown to be gained. Well, we're out of time, but I, this has really been good. I just want to tell you that if you're a partner with our ministry, this is a ministry that really loves the Bible, and we really love people, and we don't do everything right, but we sure try to. Nobody does everything right, but we, we really do our best to, and we uphold the Word of God, and we love it, and we will. That's who we are, and that's what we're going to do. Thank you for being a partner. And if we ever make a mistake, forgive us. We want, we want to do right. And if there's a way we can pray for you, please let us know how to pray for you because we want to pray for you and we promise that we will. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.